Well, good morning. I'm glad that you guys are here on this holiday weekend. And uh, I just want to say a few things. First off, it's Family First Sunday. So if you are a kid in here, will you raise your hand? Uh, If you see that hand up, go ahead and give that hand a high five and tell them that we are glad that they are in here with us. Uh, Some of you are not kids, but you just got a high five anyway. So, uh, but anyway, uh, last week, David did a fantastic job of preaching a message. Here's the, the one thing I want you to understand about when David preached, when David preaches, his heart is on display. I mean, in everything that he does. And so just, can I celebrate him for just a second? Uh, Here's a guy that was in the metal industry, in the metal business, owned a business, stepped away from it, gave up a very good salary to minister to men that are coming out of prison. I mean, do you know the faith that it takes to be able to do that? And so I, I just, I celebrate what the Lord's done. Uh, he and I are close and I love the conversations that we have about how much he is growing in his relationship with Christ. And so I, I'm excited to have him preach for us last week, uh, but I'm even more excited to be back with you this week, uh, fully charged and ready to go. Uh, so this morning, I want you to stand with me uh, and we're going to read together Mark chapter four, verse 26 through 29. Uh, This is kind of high church or old church, if you will. Uh, But I love this passage of scripture and what we can do together if we read this. Listen, read this as loud as you sang that last song, okay? This is scripture. This is powerful. This is something that we should be bold in, okay? So we're going to read this together. Verse 26, and he said, the kingdom of God is as a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Let's pray. Dear Father, your words are still just as powerful as when Mark wrote these words. Father, help us to genuinely see the power that's in this parable this morning. Lord, help us to bring glory and honor to you. Lord, we thank you for these words this morning. May your words speak truth to your people this morning. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray, amen. Um, let me start with just a few kind of praises with, with if, we, if we will. Uh, and just a reminder, can I just, I need to tell you something up front. God is at work. Amen. God is at work. One of the cool things, a couple weeks ago, we had vacation Bible school, 60 to 70 kids on this campus on a regular basis heard about Jesus. Amen. They learned how to grow in their relationship with Christ. Uh, There are a few that accepted Christ that you'll see here soon that will get baptized. Amen. Amen. God is still active and he is still at work. Amen. Amen. Next, youth ministry. Uh, If you just heard that little quote, how many of you want to take a 68-question quiz on 1st and 2nd Thessalonians? I mean, I'm in. Anybody else? And to know that these students are learning Scripture to the point that they will be able to stand firm in their faith when they leave their parents' house, when they go off to college and their influence, they will be able to stand strong. Why? Because God is active. 
Man, when you think about our church, we're back to pre-COVID numbers. And listen, COVID did a number on our church, but we're back to pre-COVID numbers. We've gone to two services. Can I tell you something that's really cool about this church? About 30% of this church have been reached here at Pooler Bible Church in the past five to 10 years. That means that there's a portion of you that you are first generation Christians. That's incredible. Amen? This is something to be celebrated. We, when we have baptism every other month, we have a number of people that have accepted Christ and are ready to follow the Lord in baptism. God is active. Listen, one of the things this past week, um, I was able to take a week off and uh, spend some time with Carly at a softball tournament. And uh, this is their World Series. Uh, but more importantly than all of the softball that was played, one of the things that was really cool towards me is that on that Sunday, we went down there on Saturday, and uh, on Sunday morning, she and I with another lady from the softball community actually went to church. And so this is probably one of the first times in 12 years that I've ever been able to sit with my daughter at church. And I think... Man, it was so pleasant just to sit there, to listen to a message, to sing songs, to not be just known by anybody, but just to worship together. But even more important than that, when we got back to the hotel um, over each evening in different places, uh, our coach would do a devotion with all of the families and with all of the kids. In the middle of a hotel lobby of a Hampton Inn in Cocoa Beach, Florida, there's a softball team that's studying scripture, that's looking to scripture. And so it was kind of interesting as people were kind of walking by on one of the last days that he was having this conversation. Uh, the next morning, I was getting all of our stuff and loading it up. And we got in the elevator and a lady looked at me and she said, hey, you are a part of those softball people, right? And I was like, oh gosh, here it comes. what the girls do? You know, what, what happened? And she said, Man, your coach was giving a wonderful devotion. I wanted to stop in. She said, can I pray for you? <laughs> this lady on the elevator put her hand on my shoulder and prayed for me and our team that morning. Listen, God is still active. One of the sweet moments, I was taking Carly and a few of her friends and Carly was saying, what song do you want next? What song do you want next? Which, just so you know, if you get middle schoolers in a car, they like their music really loud. <laughs> I do not. But you know what? I can deal with it and all those things. But every time these girls would request a song, it was a Christian song. It was something that they wanted. And listen, they sang way louder than me. Praise God. They just belt, they just, they, they genuinely love the Lord. Listen, God is still active around us. Why is that important? Why am I leading into that this morning? Because one of Satan's biggest deceptions towards you and towards the church and to us as individuals is that God has stopped working. Listen, we may feel defeated, we may feel set back, we may feel like we don't have victory, but I promise you this, God is still at work Amen. around us. Listen, we as the church definitely can't forget that. We have to know that God is at work and that he's continually active. Listen, the same passage of scripture that we read this morning over 2,000 years ago was written by a guy named Mark. 
This John Mark that when he wrote this, he knew these words were powerful then. They're still just as true today. And every century that comes through this knows that God is active. So let me kind of dig into this parable just a little bit. The background here, Mark, if you think about the different gospels, Matthew is a little bit wordy in how he says things. Luke comes from a a doctor's perspective. John is continually reminding people that he is the beloved. He is the one that is loved the most out of anybody. And so you see this, but here's who Mark is. Mark gets to the point. His is the shortest out of all of the gospels. He wants to make sure that everybody gets it. There's no frills. There's nothing else that surrounds it. He wants them to understand that Jesus is the Messiah. Nothing else. And he captures the ministry of Jesus Christ. And he starts with this. And we'll get up to the parable here. We understand that he is just capturing this. Do you realize that the parable that we're reading this morning is only found in Mark? I've listened to messages my whole entire life, and I've never heard this parable preached. I've studied it over the past two weeks, just digesting it, just trying to understand it. And listen, it's only three verses, but it is powerful. So this morning, as we kind of look at this and we study this, I want you to understand that you may have heard this part of the parable attached to two other parables, but I don't know that you've ever heard it stand alone like it does this morning. And there's power in this. So the theme of this parable, we have to be very clear because the two parables that get associated with this are the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower is about the soil conditions, about making sure that we are planting ourselves in proper soil and the results of not planting ourselves in the truth of scripture and what good soil is. The other parable that gets attached to this is the mustard seed. And we'll talk about that here in a couple of weeks, that small beginnings and glorious endings do still continue to exist. But this one, The parable of the growing seed helps us understand the process. Listen, I don't know about you, but I love the process of things. I love to see how things operate, how they fulfill, and what takes place in the midst of this. And in this parable, we see the power of the process that's taking place. So the first thing that we see in this is that we have to sow. We understand what the sowing is. If you read this passage of scripture, he said, and the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Listen, the seed that has been planted, the seed that is already there, can I encourage you this morning? God has already began the seed. He's already began the kingdom. This means God was already at work even before your existence. Did you hear that? God is at work. He is still at work. We think that God has stopped working, but he never stopped. I love this understanding in this process. A few years back, I asked my daughters this question. I said, where do vegetables come from? And their answer was this, Publix. And I thought, 
I have failed as a parent. Any gardeners in here? Any people that like to plant things and grow things and all that? Listen, here's a crazy fun fact. From that point forward, I realized that my goal was to make sure that my kids, if the zombie apocalypse does happen, they can eat. And when you think about this and I go, man, how often do they go into the grocery store and they have no idea how important the process is and what actually takes place and the work that comes into it that they just take from the grocery store. I thought, man, it's time for us to really invest in this and to understand this. And so if you don't know much about my history, I grew up in a town in the Midwest called Taylorville, Illinois. There's probably very few people that have ever even seen this on a map. But corn and soybean farms are constantly planted and constantly harvested. And listen, there's farmers and there used to be coal miners, but that's pretty much about it in these communities. And so over, over the years, I grew up in this understanding of what it meant to be a farmer, what it meant to produce, what it meant to grow crops, and what it meant to do those things. At an early age, if we would have stayed there, there was a guy that was going to sell me his farm, a couple thousand acres of farmland, and I was only 12 years old. He wanted to pass it on. And I think, man, when we begin to sow the seed... We understand that God has planted this seed. We have to understand that he is already at work. We're joining him, not beginning this thing on our own. So when you think about this, the kingdom of God has already started. Jesus, the Messiah, has come. Mark that is writing these words and writing this parable and seeing Jesus teach in this fashion understands this and knows this to say, Jesus, the Messiah, has Come, the seed has been planted. He has began his kingdom. He's put the seed in the ground for us. Listen, don't forget this. God is still at work. The second phase of this parable is the growing. I love this in verse 27, this continual growth. He's talking about the farmer. He sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. Do you realize that God is continually growing us? God is continually at work. He's continually growing this. Day in and day out, he is at work. The process is this great mystery. And as much as you can understand germination... One of the things that I don't do after I plant my seed is I don't lay on the ground and wait. Any gardeners do that? I go to bed, I sleep in my bed and I wake up and I go, something grew overnight. It's this fascinating process that takes place. We know that germination takes place, but we don't fully understand and we can't truly explain how it happens. The seed is planted and it begins to grow. A few years back, my wife and I were uh, young married pastors at Bible Baptist Church. And we went out to dinner with a group of anesthesiologists. And I thought I'd be educated and ask this question. And I asked and I said, so tell me how anesthesia works. What does it do? What part of your brain does it block? How does it allow you to go to sleep? 
And all of them laughed. And I was like, man, did I just ask a really dumb question? And they said, look, good question. We get asked it all the time, but here's the reality. We don't know how it works. We just know that these medications put you to sleep. And at that point, I said, God, I don't want to go to surgery anymore. (laughs) Imagine that. Now, some of you are like, oh, Lord. (laughs) But imagine. They don't understand how it happens. They just understand that it works, that it does this. Listen, the same reality for us is that we don't fully understand how things grow, but the farmer could rest easy knowing that he had done his part, he had planted his seed, and God would take care of the rest. You know, what's fascinating to me is that I pull seeds and I'll go to webs and I'll buy the seeds that I want. And so uh, Papa Bird taught me that the, the best corn is peaches and cream and silver queen. And so I make sure that those things are planted over and over. And if you've never had that, you're missing out on life. But I tell you this, I open a bag of seeds that say corn. I have no idea what they will produce. But every time they produce what's on the, the, the little sleeve. It's fascinating. The farmer went to bed knowing that God was at work. He slept well knowing the process was there. And listen, the kingdom of God is still sprouting up everywhere. Do you realize in countries that are far away from us where the gospel is continually persecuted, he is still there? Do you realize that even in America when things seem very far away from God, he is still at work here? Listen, I know that it's hard for us to see at times that God is still at work. Man, it it feels like society in general has just that God has let go of the wheel. But even in the midst of that, God is still at work. So we've seen the sowing, we've seen the growing, and now is the harvest. Something really cool has happened in these past two weeks, which is my absolute favorite time of gardening. It's when I can go enjoy the harvest. And so it's interesting that over these past couple of weeks on Fridays, we'll go out there and we'll pull the corn off of the ears. And listen, there's nothing better in life than pulling an ear of corn off of the, or off of the stock and eating it right there. Can I get an amen? amen? Nobody with me? Man, some of y'all need to start gardening or eating one of the two. I don't know. But realize, the harvest is the most enjoyable time. This is when you get to take it to get your profits. This is when you get the reward. This is when this happens. And listen to what he says. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts the sickle because the harvest has come. Listen, the tone of what he's sharing with us is not judgment is coming. The tone is this. It's not condemnation, but manifestation. God will bring forth a harvest. Not maybe or not we'll see. He intends to do this. I thought you'd be a little more excited about that. Can I tell you? This is one of the major problems within the church. 
is that we don't get excited that God's at work anymore. Listen, we've grown numb to the fact that God is at work. We think he should work through somebody else or he should exist somewhere else. And we think that the reality of us in being a part of the church is we come in and we check the box that we have attended once in a while. And maybe that's enough. Do you know that nowhere in scripture, nowhere in scripture, do I see God tell you, hey, do just enough to get by. But yeah, the church wants to barely trickle through. I tell you, the reason that we are not seeing the growing and the reason why we're not seeing the harvest come is because we've forgotten that God is at work. Do you realize when God is at work, it should excite us? When God is at work, we should be encouraged by it. When God is at work, we should look to be a part of it. But rather, so many times we look and say, man, it must be nice for somebody else. So let me dig into what the point of this parable is. The focus is not on the man, the seed, or the harvest. Here's what the point of this parable is. In the parable of the growing seed, Jesus assures us that despite appearances, despite circumstances, Despite a long season of waiting, despite a lack of understanding or explanation, and despite our inability, God's kingdom has been planted and is mysteriously, imperceptibly, quietly, and continually growing towards an inevitable harvest. So can I encourage you this morning? Our world is insane right now. Amen? Amen? Listen, gender is in question. Christianity is under attack. Listen, I am more worried about my kids entering into the world like we're looking at deserted islands at this point. It scares me to death to send my kids, my grandkids, if they ever get married, and I approve of that, They're growing up in a world that's very confused. Can I tell you, for some reason, we at this church, we know that God's at work. We know how to plant seed. We know how to cultivate the ground. But we've stopped. Dead in our tracks. We're not willing to say anything because of an attack that may come. We're not willing to tell people the truth of what's taking place in their life. We're not willing to tell them about a Jesus that can save them from their sins. Because we're concerned about how they may respond. Can I tell you, I'm not worried about intolerance. I'm not worried about my approach. I'm worried that people are lost and dying and going to hell because we won't do our job. We've forgotten that God is at work. 
We are not defeated. We are victorious. Listen, I ask you to look around and know that God has planted a seed and it's at work. But the reality is you're missing it because you're not investing in what God wants you to be a part of. Listen, we've become so consumed with everything else that the church is a sidebar, a place that we attend when nothing else is going on. And listen, I tell you, everywhere in Scripture, it tells us to hold fast, to stay strong, to continually grow in our relationship with Christ because He is at work all around us. Let me ask you this. How many of you feel, don't raise your hands, feel like over the past year, you have done and fulfilled what God has put upon your heart to do. I would venture to say that in this room, probably 80 to 90% can't answer that question, yes. You can say, I've done what I want to do. You can easily say, I've done what I think I should do or I think should make me happy. But the reality is our job, our responsibility is to please the Lord not ourselves. I love that the farmer goes to sleep every night knowing that God is in control. He's not continually watching, going, man, when's it gonna pop up? When's it gonna pop up? When's it gonna pop up? He goes to sleep because he has done what his responsibility is and he knows that God is at work around him. Do you realize that God is still at work around us and realize every time that we go to sleep, we don't have a conversation with our heart and say, hey, listen, I'm going to take the next eight hours off, but please work. We don't have a conversation with our lungs and say, hey, guys, continue to breathe while I shut this whole thing down. God keeps us there. I love that every morning when we wake up, his mercies are new and we can see that God is continually at work. If you don't see God every morning and every evening, you have missed the sunshine. None of us have said to the sun, hey, would you please come up in the east and set in the west today? He does that every single day. He is at work. A quote by a guy named Helmut Thielik. He says, One day, perhaps when we look back from God's throne on the last day, we shall say with amazement and surprise, If I had ever dreamed when I stood at the graves of my loved ones and everything seemed to be ended, if I had ever dreamed when I saw the scepter of atomic war creeping upon us, If I had ever dreamed when I forced the meaningless fate of an endless imprisonment of of a malignant disease. If I had ever dreamed that God was only carrying out his design and plan through all of these woes. That in the midst of my cares and troubles and despair, his harvest was ripening. And that everything was pressing on towards his last kingly day. If I had known this, I would have been more calm 
and confident. Yes, then I would have been more cheerful and far more tranquil and composed. See, I think the thing that's missing for a lot of us is that we've missed that God is still at work. We've gotten so wrapped up. And listen, there's devastating things that have happened in our lives. But even in the midst of those, we have to know that God is at work. He never stops. He is always working within us. Maybe you're here this morning and you think, man, I've been laboring for so long. I'm tired. I'm at the end of my point of where I can't continue. Can I encourage you with a verse in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 that continually encourages me? Listen, if I had to pick one book, I love the book of Galatians. I love what it says. And in this verse, in verse 9, it says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. But listen to what he says. If we do not give up. My fear as a pastor, as a shepherd that leads a church is to see people give up on what God is doing. Listen, for some, you've prayed for that spouse. You've prayed for that child. You've prayed for that coworker. Listen, there will be a day where that harvest comes to fruition. You've prayed and you've thought and said, man, it's taken too long. Can I tell you something crazy about this year's gardening harvest? It has taken a really long time to produce things. It was so cold in the spring that cucumbers and zucchini that would typically grow in three days would take a week to 10 days to grow. Listen, we're not in control of when the harvest is coming. We're in control of the planting and God is in control of that. Just because it's not happening at our rate. It's not that he's not working. He's still at work. You stay faithful. So let me close with an illustration. Like I said, I grew up in the Midwest place called Taylorville, Illinois, where, listen, in in the fall, students would take off school to help out with the harvest. It was that important. But there's three processes that you see up there. And so down here, you see it if you're in a farming community. But they identify where we are in our spiritual walk, where we are in our relationship with Christ, And so I want to illustrate these with first being the planting. Listen, it's really a neat thing to see these rows begin to sprout up. If you've ever seen this this field that's cultivated and cleaned and perfectly lined, and you see this sprout begin to come up, and you know, holy cow, it actually worked again. The seed that they labored in preparing that field, the seed that they planted is now beginning to grow. Listen, I tell you, if you're in this phase of your life, plant yourself in the word of God. The only way that you get stronger, the only way that you come up, the only way that you as a cornstalk can withstand the wind that's going to take place in your life is by deeply founding your roots in his word word. 
It's the only way it works. For some that are new believers, for some that have kind of maybe strayed away from their faith, I would tell you that this is an important part. If you don't get this part right, there is no ear of corn that comes on this. Plant well. The second phase is the growing portion. Maybe you've gotten the planning part done and maybe you're beginning to see this come to fruition. But the growing part is fascinating to be a part of. The fact that grace and mercy is now kind of understood and you're beginning to study the deep things of scripture. You're beginning to see God work and you are becoming spiritually mature for the purpose of sharing Christ with other people and for the purpose of helping others grow in their relationship with Christ. Listen, the growing part is fascinating. You walk out one day and you see it this tall and the next day you see it this tall and you see that it's continually at work. This is what God should be doing in each of our lives. But can I tell you a part that's really fascinating? The harvest. All of the work that's put into this begins to pay off. We just reap the benefit of the corn harvest at the Hubbard household. And it is fascinating to me that this stock begins to grow and mysteriously this corn cob begins to grow on the side of it. And I don't understand how it has hair. Somebody in the first service said to cover its ears. I... Sorry, that's a good dad joke. But this corn continues to grow and the kernel begins to grow on the cob and begins to produce and this hair begins to come out of it and in the beginning it's like a golden yellow and when it turns dark, you know that the corn is ready. And it's time to harvest. Listen, can I tell you my favorite part about being a gardener or a partial farmer or whatever I am when that first stalk comes off of the corn cob and I shuck it right there and I pull it back and I take a bite because I knew that God used me to do that man nothing tastes sweeter nothing tastes better than that right there. Listen, for some of you, you may be waiting on the harvest and you may be hoping that the harvest is close to coming. But listen, I promise you, God is at work and there will be a harvest that comes to fruition. So I ask you, it's time to get in the field. It's time to share Christ with the people that are around you. It's time to be the testimony that God's called you to be and be bold in what he's called you to be. Because Sometimes I get concerned that Pooler and the surrounding areas are looking at an empty field waiting on a church to get to work there. That's us. God has called us to be on mission to continually do what he's called us to do. So as Mark writes these words, this tiny three-verse parable, 
it packs a punch for us to know that we should be a part of the growing seed, which is the word of God that he's called us to be a part of and to continually be reminded. Listen, you may have come here this morning defeated, thinking that God was no longer at work. I can assure you through his scripture, through the people that are in this church, he is at work now as much as he ever has. Don't miss where he's at work. Be a part of it. Quit stepping back and thinking everybody else is going to go do this. And one of the things that's interesting is that once we've gotten the corn, we have to shuck it. We go through the process of blanching it and freezing it. If you don't understand that, you can come to my house. I'll show you how, and you can do it next year for us. (laughs) But it's not really fun, like shucking the corn and doing the process and all that kind of stuff like that. But you know what is fun? Eating it, cooking it, and eating it. Man, and knowing that God has provided it for you. So listen, it's time for us to plant and to grow so that we can enjoy the harvest to come. If everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes just for a second. So the reality is this morning I've challenged you. Scripture has spoken to you in a powerful way. For those of you that are in the position thinking that God has stopped working. Listen, this morning you understand now more than ever that scripture tells you that he's always at work. Maybe you've lived a little bit of a defeated life and maybe you've grown weary in doing things the right way because the world around us doesn't do it that way. Whatever the case, whatever the scenario, I ask you to be a part of the process. God has planted the seed. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. He's given us his word so that we can grow in it. Listen, I'm looking forward to reaping the harvest with you. There's a community that needs to hear the message of Christ and needs to see people working in the field continually. Are you in the sowing process, the growing process, and are you ready for the harvest to come? Dear Father, I come to you this morning thankful for the reminder of these words, thankful for the power that's in this parable that teaches us what the process is. Father, may Pooler Bible Church and the the, the people that are a part of this church be a part of your process because they see you continually at work. Father, for some, they may be in constant turmoil, not able to sleep because they don't trust you completely. Father, I love the fact that I go to sleep every night knowing that you're in control. And I wake up to your mercies new every single morning. Father, I pray for our church to plant the seed, to grow personally. Lord, that one day we would see the harvest of what's fulfilled. 
Father, thank you for these words. Thank you for putting them on Mark's heart to write them to us. We love you and praise you this morning. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. If you would stand at this point, this song of worship, song of invitation is going to be saying, listen, this altar is open to you. Maybe for the first time this morning, you realize that God is at work and you need to place your faith and trust in Christ. Listen, this is the place for that. Maybe you're here and you've kind of gotten on the sidelines and you forgot that all of this was still taking place and you're ready to be a part of his process. And this is the place that we begin.